Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. Today I am going to begin reading The Pilgrim Church by E.H. Broadbent. This is a book that is in the public domain, was published in 1931. Today I will be reading the preface. There is one history which, though it contains the darkest tragedy, yet by common consent is called the good news, the glad tidings, or by a name which it has captured and made its own, the gospel. Its four historians are uniquely known as the four evangelists, or tellers forth of the good news. This history tells how, by a miraculous birth, God entered into a relationship to man which even creation had not established, and by a sacrificial death and mighty resurrection, vanquished death, put away sin its cause, and to his glory as creator, added that of Redeemer. The foundations of this history, the preparation for it, indeed the actual foretelling of it, and evidences of its truth, precede it in the scriptures of the Old Testament. Interwoven with these, inseparable from them, is the history of Israel, which is therefore itself one of universal value. The history of the church, or company of those who by faith have received Christ and become his followers, is still in the making, not yet complete. On this account, and because of its immense extent, although it is of supreme importance, parts only of it can be written, and from time to time. First one, then another, must relate what he has seen or has learned from trustworthy records, and this must be taken up and added to as stage after stage of the long pilgrimage is traversed. The following pages are a contribution to the unfolding story. Much that others have searched out and related has been made of use, repeated, woven in, so that this book is a compilation, to which is added the writer's individual share in the growing narrative. It is hoped and expected that the frequent quotations from and references to the works of several authors will lead the readers of this volume to turn to the books from which so much has been derived, and thus come to share more fully in the fruits of the patient labors and able expositions of their authors. An attempt is made in this book to introduce those who have not much time for reading or research into some of the experiences of certain churches of God which, at different times and in various places, have endeavored in their own meetings, order, and testimony to make the scriptures their guide and to act upon them as the word of God, counting them as sufficient for all their needs in all their circumstances. There have always been such churches. The records of most have disappeared, but what remains are of such volume that only a selection can be given. General history is left out of account, except where the course of some of these churches requires reference to current events. Neither is any account given of what is usually understood by 
ecclesiastical history except in its relation to the churches or congregations of believers carrying out the teachings of Scripture, which are the subject of this narrative. Some spiritual movements are considered which only partially accepted the principle of taking the Scriptures as sufficient guide because, in their measure, these too throw valuable light on the possibility of such a course. In addition to the works mentioned below, and others also, advantage has been taken of the help so richly provided and placed within the reach of most by such works as the Encyclopedia Britannica and Hastings' Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics. A beginner may look up the subject in one of these standard works of reference, where he will be directed to some of the literature considered as authoritative. In reading a selection of this, he will be referred to the original authorities and also, as these are not always available, to their most trustworthy expositors. In the present volume, the books used and referred to are mostly well-known and accessible. Sometimes a popular work has been chosen in preference to one more erudite, so that anyone interested may get fuller information more easily. Where books written in languages other than English are made use of, translations are referred to if they are to be had, but sometimes there are none, and then the original works are named for the benefit of those who can read them. In the beginning of the history, the Anti-Nicene Christian Library provides a store of information from which much has been drawn. When the time of Martian is reached, Martian das Evangelium von Fremden Gott by Ad V. Harnack is used, and for matters connected with the Roman Empire, East and West through 15 centuries by Brother General G. F. Young, C.B. For Augustine, a select library of the Nicene and post-Nicene Fathers of the Christian Church, translated and annotated by J.C. Pilkington, M.A., edited by Philip Schaff, is a guide. Latin Christianity by Dean Millman helps in several periods. We are indebted to George Sheps for the true history of Priscillian and his teaching. His book, Priscillian Ein Neuaufengefundener, Latin Schriftsteller des Vor Jahrhunderts, describes his discovery in the Würzburg University in 1886 of the important MS of the Spanish reformer. This MS is examined and explained by Frederick Parrott in his Priscillianus ein Reformator des Werten Jahrhunderts, ein Kirchengeschichtlicht, Studie zugleich ein Kommentar zu den erhaltenen Schriften Priscillans, and much has been drawn from this valuable commentary. Important information as to those called Polyseans is given in Die Polykianer im Byzantischen Kaiserreiche, etc., by Karapet Ter Mekshin, Archdeacon of Edschmitzen, the center of the Armenian Church. An invaluable book for the period is The Key of Truth, a manual of the Paulician Church of Armenia, translated and edited by F.C. Conneber. The document was discovered by the translator in 1891 in the Library of the Holy Synod of Edgmiatsen. His notes and comments are of the utmost interest and value. 
The discovery of the key of truth raises the hope that other documents illustrating the faith and teaching of the brethren may yet be found. The history of the Bogomils in the Balkan Peninsula is largely drawn from an official tour through Bosnia and Herzegovina by J. de Ashboff, member of the Hungarian parliament, and from Through Bosnia and the Herzegovina on Foot, etc., by A. J. Evans, the distinguished traveler and antiquarian, later Sir Arthur Evans. Essays on the Latin Orient by William Miller has also been made use of. The chapter on the Eastern churches, especially the Nestorian, owes very much to La Christianisme dans la Empire Perse sous la Dynastie Sassanade by J. Lambert, to the Syrian churches by J. W. Etheridge, and to Early Christianity Outside the Roman Empire by F. C. Burkett, M. A. The account of the Synod of Seleucia is taken chiefly from Das Buch des Synhados by Oscar Braun, while Nestorius and his teachings by J. Bethune Baker has supplied most of what is given by Nestorius and The Bazaar of Heraclides of Damascus by the same author has especially been quoted. These give a vivid picture of Nestorius and should be read in full if possible. For the description of the spread of the Nestorians into China, Café and the Way Thither by Colonel Sir Henry Ewell, published by the Yaklut Society, is of great interest and has been freely drawn upon. Coming to the times of the Waldenses and the Albigenses, the ancient Valenses and Albigenses by G.S. Faber and Facts and Documents Illustrative of the History, Doctrine, and Rights of the Ancient Albigenses and Waldenses by S.R. Maitland have been referred to very fully. Perhaps the largest use has been made of the works of Dr. Ludwig Keller, especially for the history and teaching of the Waldenses. His position as keeper of the state archives, giving access as it does to most important documents, has been used by him to investigate the histories of those known as, quote, heretics, unquote, and his publications are an invaluable contribution to the understanding of these much misunderstood people. Dr. Keller's book, Die Reformation und die Alteren Reformationen, is a mine of information, and all who can do so should read it. Use has also been made of his book, Ein Apostel der Wettertaufer, and of a number of others written or issued by him. Of the time of the Reformation, The Life and Letters of Erasmus by J.A. Froude gives a vivid picture, and A Short History of the English People by John Richard Green is a constant help by giving an interesting and reliable way the historical setting of the particular events related. England in the Age of Wycliffe by George Macaulay Trevelyan has been used, and much has been taken from John Wycliffe and his English precursors by Lecker, translated. The Dawn of the Reformation, the Age of Huss, by H. B. Workman, has been used. His references to authorities are valuable. Considerable quotations have been made from Czechleski's Das Netz des Glaubens, translated from Old Czech into German by Karl Vogel. 
The description of the Moravian Church is based to a large extent on the History of the Moravian Church by J.E. Hutton, issued by the Moravian Publication Office, while for Comenius, Das Testament der Sterbenden Mutter and Stimme der Trauer, both translations into German from Bohemian, the former by Dora Penina, the latter by Franz Lamnick, are quoted. One of the books most used is the very valuable one, A History of the Reformation by Thomas M. Lindsay. Der Tauf gendaken über die christlichte Tauf ergestigt und ihr Bedeutung für die Gegenwart by J. Warnes is of great value, especially for the history of the Anabaptists, and its many references to authorities are useful. The important and deeply interesting records of the Anabaptists in Austria are taken from Vantus Rerum, Austria Carum, and other publications by Dr. J. Beck and Joe Losserp, which are referred to in more detail in the footnotes of the pages where this part of the history is related. The history of the Mennonites in Russia is chiefly found in Gestik der Alt Evangelischen Mennonitum Bruderschaft in Russland by P. M. Freisen, who was appointed by the Mennonitan Brudergemeinde as their historian and supplied by them with the documentary evidence they possessed. Use is also made of Fundamente der Christlichen Lierre USW by Joe. Decknatel, of the book by Pilgrim Marbeck, Vermanung, etc., summarized, only two copies are known to exist, one of which is in the British Museum. Very considerable use has been made of the valuable book by Karl Eck, Schwenkfeld Luther und der Gedanke einer Apostolischen Reformation. The chapter on events in France is indebted to the history of the Reformation in the sixth Century by J. H. Merle de Abenet, translated by H. White and Farrell, to the Life of William Farrell by Francis Bevan, one of several interesting works of similar character by the same authoress. Another work by Merle de Abenet, here made much use of, is The Reformation in Europe in the Time of Calvin. The Huguenots, Their Settlements, Churches, and Industries in England and Ireland by Samuel Smiles gives much of value about the Huguenots. Un Martyr du Desert Jacques Roger by Daniel Benoit tells of the churches of the desert after the revocation of the Edict of Nantes. Returning to England, the Memoir of William Tyndale by George Offer is quoted and otherwise referred to. The book most used in the account of the nonconformists in England is A History of the Free Churches of England by Herbert S. Skeets, which would well repay reading, and A Popular History of the Free Churches by C. Sylvester Horn gives an interesting account of these churches. The Laws of Ecclesiastical Polity by Richard Hooker is referred to. The Journal of George Fox supplies the best information as to his life. Three books which give excellent histories of the spiritual movements in Germany and surrounding countries after the Reformation have been largely made use of. Geschichte des Christlichen Liebens in der Rheinisch-Westfalischen Kirche by Max Goebel. Geschichte des Pietismus in der 
for Myrton Kirche by Albrecht Rickschel, John Wesley's journal is the best source for an account of his life, the life of William Carey Shoemaker and missionary by George Smith supplies most of what is told here of him. The account of the brother Halden is taken chiefly from Lives of Robert and James Halden by Alexander Haldane for Russia and the Stundus, in addition to the Geschichte, etc., of P. M. Freisen, a useful book is Russland und das Evangelium by J. Warnes. In the history of the rise of the German Baptists, use is made of Johann Gerhard Onken, His Life and Work, by John Hunt Cook. For latter movements in England, etc., some MSS have been available, and A History of the Plymouth Brethren by W. Blair Neatby has been consulted. Extensive extracts have been made from the memoir of the late Anthony Norris Groves, containing extracts from his letters and journals, compiled by his widow, illustrating the important part the teaching and example of Groves played in the history of the churches of the New Testament type. A narrative of some of the Lord's dealings with George Mueller has been used as the best account of Mueller's influential testimony, and details of the life of R.C. Chapman have been taken from Robert Cleaver Chapman of Barnstaple by W.H. Bennett, his personal friend. Collected Writings of J.N. Darby edited by William Kelly, is used to show Darby's teaching. Nazarenes in Yugoslavia, published in the United States by the Nazarenes, and various pamphlets give information as to the movement connected with the people bearing this name. The tragedy and glory of the Pilgrim Church can only be faintly indicated as yet, nor can they be fully known until the time comes when the word of the Lord is fulfilled. Quote, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. Unquote. Matthew 10.26 At present, albeit through mists of our ignorance and misunderstanding, we see her warring against the powers of darkness, witnessing for her Lord in the world, suffering as she follows in his footsteps. Her people are ever pilgrims, establishing no earthly institution, because having in view the heavenly city, in their likeness to their master, they might be called stones which the builders rejected. Luke twenty seventeen, And they are sustained in the confident hope that, when his kingdom is revealed, they will be sharers in it with him. That is the end of the preface. If you know the languages which I struggled with as I tried to pronounce those names, I'm sure your ears were tingling, but I thought I'd go ahead and try and read them all because I think it gives a good foundation for where the author has gotten this information. And if any of them were unintelligible, then you can go get a copy of the book yourself, and I will put a link to it on the page on thehappyhomeschool.com where this post will be featured. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.